0: Good afternoon, it's Niall Boyle, I'm with you for the next hour or so. I've been told by my producer to smile, but not smile like a demented lunatic. <laughs> is is that like a demented lunatic? So lots of interesting things happening in the world, by the way, can I just point out? Um, last night you might have read some of the news in relation to, for example, uh, the EU now positively looking at Ukraine joining the EU. So I think we're kind of just abandoning all the conditions of EU membership, even though You know, territorial integrity is not a formal condition of joining the EU. Everyone understands that you need to control your territory before you can actually access uh, the European Union. It's madness, really, isn't it, when you, when you think about it, that we're allowing a country to join the EU, which politically is a very corrupt country and always was, unless we care about it. Europe had nothing good to say about Ukraine before this war because, remember, of course, Zelensky, was, he was listed in the Panama Papers. Do you remember that? Everybody kind of forgets about these things. It was a politically corrupt country uh, before that. But all of a sudden, yeah, you can join the EU. And that has serious connotations, of course, for the rest of the European Union, particularly if they're still in the middle of a war. Anyways, well, Leo Faradker <laughs> casually just said final lockdowns in December 2021 may not have been needed. Well, try tell that to people who couldn't get to see their father or mother being buried at a funeral. I couldn't get to see their loved one die in a hospital or whatever it happened to be while people were locked down and that nonsense of COVID-19. Of course, we all understand lockdowns were necessary for the first couple of months because we didn't know what we were dealing with. But after that period of time, it was completely unnecessary and served very little purpose. According to research, the research shows that our lockdowns, although the longest in the world, served little or no purpose to reduce numbers. There you go. But here's the thing I asked on Twitter this morning. If the government suggested COVID cases were going up again, would you adhere to more lockdowns? If they said, oh, we have to have another lockdown for Christmas, would you adhere to it again? Because there has been a suggestion of that, by the way. I don't know if it'll happen or not. Now, the first thing I want to get to or what I want to talk about today was abortion. And a slightly different angle on it because doctors who opt out of performing abortions will have to provide follow-up care for women who have had the procedure under the new ethic guidelines of the profession. Doctors must provide care, support, and follow-up for patients who had a termination of pregnancy and a lawful procedure, treatment, or form of care to which they have had conscientious objection, according to the ninth edition of the Medical Council's Guide on Ethics and Professional Conduct to come into effect next January. Now, this change has been criticised by many, and it still means a doctor objecting uh, to the termination of pregnancy, must be involved in the decision to terminate the pregnancy or must be involved, should I say, the decision for aftercare of terminating a pregnancy. Now, Louise O'Reilly from Sinn Féin recently said that they do not agree, Sinn Féin obviously, do not agree that medical professionals who invoke the conscientious clause should be exempt from referring a patient for the necessary medical treatment they seek. Labour Party spokesman for Health, for health Alan Kelly. Who were the Labour Party, by the way? Who are they? Oh yeah, remember them? They were a political party in Ireland that nobody looks at anymore nobody even votes for. Anyway, Alan Kelly explicitly requested that institutions should not be granted conscientious objection and so uh, did uh, Deputy Catherine Murphy speaking for the Social Democrats. She said, while the ministers have assured me that there can be no conscientious objection on the part of institutions, it would be remiss of us to ignore the fact that certain boards of management potentially could instruct their staff to adhere to internal guidelines and regulations. We must ensure legislation covers these eventualities. Braid Smith... Oh, no surprise here. People for profit said was most uh, the most extreme opponent of freedom of conscience. She said we need much stronger impetus, uh, whereby objecting doctors must refer on. The referral must be immediate and not be denied. And there there has to be criminal sanction for those refusing to do so. This is the same party, by the way, who wants to remove the criminality from abortion in the first place. But they want criminal sanction on doctors who refuse to do it or refuse to pass it on. Now, as we know, campaigners and people before profit are seeking to change abortion laws to remove the restrictions that were put in after the the referendum. The three-day cooling-off period, the 12-week cut-off point, criminalising doctors who perform abortions after the 12 weeks, And if they had their way, they would remove the conscientious objection as well, or those who are allowed to refuse. Now, according to those who defend the right to conscientious objection and the terms refusal of care by campaigners, they say refusal of care is an offensive derogatory term and derogatory language. and ignores the conscientious objection or the, the right to conscientious objection under international law. So do you think doctors should be allowed to object to perform an abortion on religious or moral grounds? And should they be allowed to object to aftercare? So in other words, let's say a, a woman goes to a doctor or a hospital to have a termination of pregnancy and she needs aftercare. Or she needs compli- complications and she needs health care and she goes to a GP who's a Christian and he said, I'm sorry, I don't do that. You'll have to go somewhere else because unfortunately, I don't agree with termination of pregnancy. Do you think he should be allowed to refuse the aftercare? Because according to campaigners for pro-choice, they will say that abortion is basic women's health care. That's what they refer to it as health care personally i don't believe it is healthcare but they say it's healthcare and who am i to argue with them uh, the number is 85 08512255 that's 85 08512255 by the way don't forget please subscribe to our website nileboilen.com you will be supporting the show giving us the option or the you uh, should I say giving us the opportunity to bring people on the air to have their opinion uncensored and remember every single day um, when you uh, subscribe on the website we randomly pick one person and we send them a mug and in case you don't believe us Maureen who will be on in a few minutes most likely because of course abortion is one of the hot topics for her Um, she obviously has subscribed to the website and we sent her down a mug there's a picture of her with her mug see so just in case you think we make it all up that's Maureen there you'll hear her on the air a little bit shortly, shortly about 10 minutes and she's got her mug in her hand alright anyway let me go to David first if I can David hi how are you Oh, you know. Good. Go. David, do you believe it? conscientious objection? Firstly, should it be allowed at all? Yeah, I do,
1: I do think there should be conscientious objection because my doctor signed up to... Uh,
0: Your phone yeah. line is just breaking up a little bit, David. How long did you just switch you over onto another uh, line? Uh, right. been, I've been... I've
1: been I was trying to say the signal. It was ter- terrible
0: signal in there for some reason. Oh, yeah. Go, um, go ahead. Um.
1: So uh, yeah, I definitely believe there should be conscientious objection. I think doctors uh, sign up to uh, if, if the Hippocratic Oath is anything to go off as uh, they agree to do no harm, and certainly abortion is doing harm. But but that's not um, the view of pro
0: choicers obviously. But yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it is, it is time and, and you know, even even some of the most extreme uh, pro. Uh, like like uh, Anne Faraday, who was the uh, CEO of Pass or something, said, "Yeah, it is. It is a baby that we're that we killing." And you know, she she had no no. There was no qualms about that. Um. So I mean, that's just to, yeah. that's just putting putting that out there. But yeah, no, absolutely, a doctor should be able to have no part in that. Um. And it's. You know the people who are who believe that that's okay. They want us to kind of believe that it's called healthcare, but it actually is not. It's an elective procedure that doesn't it doesn't sort any medical conditions out. The only thing it does, unless of course we're
0: talking but, about a woman's life being in danger or whatever it happens. Yeah, to but me. that's
1: not that's not that, that, before was, before the whole eighth amendment thing. That, there was already provisions. There for was provisions. The yes, it. there was. And 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 in any case. Um, uh, there would be there'd be no doctor left in question that if there was any procedure necessary to save the life of a mother then then and the unfortunate side effect would be the that the baby died in the process. It's not the intention and that's where the intention is everything.
0: Um, What about what about these new guidelines from January the first? The Medical Council said its new ethics guidelines mean that doctors who refuse on the grounds of a conscientious objection must now provide aftercare, which they wouldn't have had to do before. Now, I thought aftercare is kind of different, isn't it? To some degree.
1: Well, I think it's I think it's part of a kind of a chilling effect of trying to shut down any. I think they're trying to weed out any doctor that. that has, is in any way pro-life or is in any way kind of not supporting that the kind of the new regime. And in any case, like, doc, I don't know any doctors, like, as you can probably tell, I'm pro-life myself, but um, there's never been a like, there's the pro-life organizations and kind of there's, there's aftercare for women who've, who've kind of, there's women hurt and there's um, silent no more and different women's groups of women who regret their abortion and can avail of aftercare, and in, in many cases, actually, where there's a like a botched or failed abortion, and this has been the case in the UK and other countries, they usually get very sparse aftercare from abortion providers and end up going to a pro-life organisation where they're they're provided with where there's doctors available to mm-hmm. provide for them. Um, I know but sh- a but should a doctor, there, if
0: I if I'm a doctor who refuses. Um, you know, to terminate a pregnancy or refuses abortions, you know, on my practice or in my practice. Yeah. And yeah. a woman comes to me and says, "Listen, you know, I, I obviously went to the UK or I, I've been to another doctor further afield, uh, and I had an abortion already. But, doctor, I'm having a few complications. Find- can, can, can I refuse as a doctor? Can I turn around and say, well look, I've already told you, I don't get involved in that. You will have find- to go somewhere else.' It'd
1: be very, very, very hard pushed to, to find a doctor who would refuse a woman um, uh, aftercare." she's having complications, well, somebody that. must
0: have for them to bring these new guidelines in, somebody must have refused it.
1: Well, I I actually don't think it is I think it's kind of part of the same thing where they're where they're saying people are being intimidated by people praying outside uh, hospitals and stuff. Mm, yeah. Uh, and 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 that and I think that that's part that's part of the problem is like they're coming up with these um Things that people are protesting outside of ho- hospitals when they actually aren't, and even the, the Garda the Commissioner, Drew uh, whatever Drew Harris or whatever his name, is, uh, was saying there aren't any reports of people being accosted or anything. And and uh, but it's part of this.
0: Well, of- well, we've seen in the UK, you know, a woman being arrested for silently praying. In other words, she was arrested for a thought in her head.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it's part of the whole kind of, It's part of this whole kind of free speech thing as well to remove free
0: speech. Well, she didn't even speak. She hadn't even said anything. Yeah, she yeah, was just standing there and, and she was asked what she was there for. And she was saying, well, I'm here as in solidarity with women who don't agree with abortion, but I'm praying. And she said, and she was praying silently in her own head and they arrested her and charged her. Well, stay there for a second because I want to go to Sophie and uh, Aga as well, but I do want to go to Maureen first if I can. Maureen, hi, how are you?
2: Hi, night. how are you?
0: uh Maureen um no stranger to this topic because obviously you completely disagree with abortion but the new guidelines that have been set aside these are from the medical council are talking about follow-up care for women so you know should a doctor have any right to object to follow-up care
2: yes they should of course they don't agree with it. they don't agree with it in the first place so why should they be forced to um, participation follow-up care?
0: Because that would be health care. Whatever about your feelings on abortion, which clearly, in some people's view, is not health care. If a woman has complications, let's say she has a bleed after she has an abortion somewhere else and goes to her own doctor, surely he has a duty then to help that woman.
2: Well, he can refer her maybe to somebody else. But if he is truly... Uh, standing by his convictions, he shouldn't have to. He can refer her maybe to another uh, doctor that's in in that clinic. But this is more of it. You see, this is you see this this is to me is bullying by the other side. Mm-hmm. They want doctors. They're trying to force doctors into doing something they don't want to do. Now we saw the bullying that went on not so very long ago. I know it's a different subject by people who wouldn't take these shots or everything else. We were shunned. We weren't allowed to go anywhere. It's the same thing. They're bullies. And now they're trying to bully doctors who are standing by the convictions that they believe they are a non-born baby is being murdered, and that's the truth of it. And they are under no obligation to have anything to do with it, in my opinion.
0: See, as much as I agree with you, Maureen, to some degree that, you know, this is kind of intimidation for doctors. And that's the reason there's the reason they brought these guidelines is because obviously some doctor at some point has refused to give aftercare. And um, no matter what your views on abortion happen to be, if a woman comes to a doctor and she has a problem um we're not talking about an abortion, by the way, we're talking about a problem uh, and the doctor should be obliged to help her. Now, if that problem is because she had an abortion and she may have soreness or she may have a bleed or she may have something that may be, you know, routine health care uh, as part of follow-up treatment to abortion, it's difficult to turn around and say, you know, the doctor should be allowed to refuse to see her.
2: No, it's not. As I said, he can refer her or she to another doctor who will quite happily look after. Her. I mean, in most clinics, are three and four doctors. Mm-hmm. Well, he or she is not obliged because of the procedure that took place in the first place that they don't agree with. They 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 would still be partaking in it, so they they, they should be just left alone. The see, see, there, says, is, there, I there don't is an argument. This, just leave them alone.
0: There is an argument against against conscientious objection. For example, there was two cases last year in the UK. There was one of a Christian who worked in a pharmacy and refused to serve somebody contraception. And they lost the case because basically the court said, well, why are you working in a pharmacy? You know they sell contraception. The second was a Muslim man who worked in an off-license and refused to serve alcohol during Ramadan. Uh, And again, he lost his case because the argument was, why are you working in an off-license if you're refusing to serve alcohol during Ramadan? So you could also argue, and people have argued, why are you a doctor? You know, abortion exists, whether you like it or not, it exists.
3: Well,
2: well you're a doctor you took, you're a doctor you took now I don't know I heard somewhere that the Hippocratic Oath isn't taken anymore I'm not no, too it's sure not. on that I, I, I people use it.
0: that line a lot the Hippocratic Oath but it's not actually a thing anymore that was a very old thing it's not well, actually that, that, that's
2: a problem mm. yeah, that's a problem because that oath stood and doctors go into the profession
0: to save lives to
2: save lives most of them do not take life And before any, before the referendum at all, it was in our constitution anyway, that if the mother's life is in danger, and this even falls under Catholic teaching, the mother's life is in danger, the baby, the baby dies to save the mother. That's always been there.
0: But there was confusion about that. And obviously the confusion was highlighted during the Savita hanna case. No, no there wasn't
2: confusion about but, it at all. But, but,
0: but there, it was highlighted where the doctor, at the time of that particular case, was unsure as to whether he could perform a termination when she had sepsis. Now, I'm not saying the woman would have lived if she had an abortion, because there's, that's still unclear. But the point is, there was confusion, and doctors faced you know a possibility of 14 years in jail for performing a termination he, of pregnancy at a woman who didn't need did, it. Uh,
2: the case of Savita was hijacked by oh, the Cobra Oh no! Absolutely,
0: well. of course it was.
2: Because a lot of what went on there was untrue.
0: But you, but you know as it, well as I do, the media will always use a particular case, you know, to, to push a narrative. Themselves. Yeah, of course. But yeah. we'll stay, we'll stay there, let me just go to Savita, Savita uh, I was going to say, to Sophie. Hi Sophie. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? Nice to talk to you again, Sophie. I mean, th- there's two questions here first. us. Do you agree with a conscientious objection? And also then, the new guidelines for the Medical Council come into effect in January by doctors even if they have a conscientious objection, they must provide aftercare.
4: I agree with conscientious objection, but when it comes to aftercare, I think that's bringing it into a different area. I think you have that's moving into judgment and punishment um which if they are doing it for conscientious reasons makes them a little bit of a hypocrite. but I do believe they should be allowed to conscientiously object to performing not just something like abortion if they have a deep feeling about it because also, you imagine if you're in a vulnerable position as a woman and you're having an abortion and a doctor is resenting or uncomfortable with doing that, the energy of that room is very important and and something which is very difficult and traumatic is going to become much worse because people underestimate that when somebody is performing any job, if they're doing it with a bad heart, it's very harmful. Absolutely. But as a guy giving somebody aftercare, I think it comes down to everybody really looking at their values and if you value life, you're hardly going to turn around and and judge somebody and and let them die or let them feel uh, more vulnerable or injured or suffer exactly. So I disagree with that. Now, with regards to the legislation that that bunch of yahoos are bringing in, not one piece of legislation has ever got any other objective but to divide, harm, and... uh, You're talking about people before
0: profit, obviously, yeah.
4: No, no. Well, I don't. Do you know what? They are, it's like Aer food on the flights in the 80s. They're all different colours, but they taste the same. You know, like whether it was fish, salmon or beef. So I don't differentiate. They have all signed up under a contract to serve. Now, they're acting like puppets and they act like opposition, but have no doubt they are all serving the same beast and they know it and they've admitted it. Uh, okay,
0: but, but getting back to conscientious objection in itself, and I understand exactly why a doctor might want to do that, but obviously I'm taking a neutral position and saying that, you know, I mentioned the two cases tomorrow in the UK with a Muslim re- uh, refusing to serve alcohol during Ramadan and an off-license, a Christian refusing to provide contraception in a pharmacy. I mean, the, the argument is if you become a doctor, this is part of what doctors do you know, termination of pregnancy is quite common around the world, whether you no. like whether you like it or not.
4: Yes, but there may be a doctor who disagrees with certain things, like, for example, even if they were to do tra- transition surgery in children, you have to... If we live in a world where you are not allowed to make a free will choice in your conscience, then we're in a very dangerous world. And that doesn't just go for doctors, it goes for Garda and everybody. So I think every single individual, regardless of whether they have a role or an acting role that they're playing, that goes for politicians too. I think we need to always remind people you're making a free will choice. They don't like that, but you're making a free will choice, and there are consequences. Okay, so what,
0: what happens if I'm a devout Christian doctor, and you come in to me, Sophie, and you're looking for the contraceptive pill, and I say sorry, I don't agree with that, so I'm not going to give you a prescription first. Is that acceptable? Yes. And I send you off somewhere. Well, I don't even send you off somewhere else because, according to the conscientious objection, many doctors at the time going back a few years ago—I remember discussing this at the time—even um, said that they didn't even want to refer people because they said then they would be playing a role <coughs> in it.
4: I don't think anybody should be forced to to act against their conscience. But then, why become a doctor?
0: I, I'm just curious because that's part of being a doctor, isn't it? Prescribing the contraceptive of the pill
4: there's lots of procedures in the house that are business procedures or that you know a doctor may have an awareness or an understanding or he may have had a personal experience himself now that can go in the extreme do you remember that doctor who did the symposia surgery yes. on the pelvics of the women. Yeah. Do you remember the other bloke who took out the uh, the ovaries of every woman he had under the knife? That's
5: right.
4: I think if I'm correct that their reasons for doing that are one of them obviously they were mentally ill and they were sadists but I think one of them his mother or his wife had died. So don't underestimate the fact that there are some people who are mentally ill as well and you don't want them as your, as your doctor. Just because somebody has qualifications or a name or an acting role doesn't mean they are
1: I know know, doctors
0: differ patients die yeah I've heard that saying before well do me a favor stay there for a second Maureen and Sophie John stay with me and I'll be with you now in two minutes well actually seven seconds because I just have to go to a quick break
6: Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school all through his life they just keep telling him to shut up but not anymore (laughs) Because now he has his own live podcast, the Nile Boylan Podcast.
0: All right, let's go to Aga if I can. Aga, hi, how are you?
7: Hi, how are you, Nile?
0: Good, Aga. First, well, there is two questions to say: Should you be allowed to conscientiously object, and if you are, should you be allowed to give or refuse to give follow-up care?
7: Okay, so I was listening to <laughs> uh, to the other guys there, and um, I just want to say this. Let's say this doctor is a Christian, okay? And fundamentally, his religious belief forbid him to carry out the abortion. I would say he he would be allowed to, to refuse carry out the abortion. That's my that's my personal opinion because of his religious belief. Because technically speaking, aiding and abetting a sin for Christian is forbidden, okay? Yeah. But if it comes to aftercare, I think as a Christian specifically, he should... He should care for that person. He should help them to get out of it. So, first of all, he shouldn't be judging the person for doing what they've done from the Christian perspective, because that's, let's say, if there's a sin, if someone classed that as a sin, it's their sin. It's not a doctor's sin. He's not, in his religious belief, he's not responsible for that what that person done. However, he did, um, that. that's his profession. That's what he Kind of about to do to care for other people to save their lives, so he's not there to judge what this person done, but he's there to care for that person. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and that's fundamentally what I believe in. He that he is he has a right to refuse to carry out abortion, but he hasn't he got just... the right to refuse to care to care for the person.
0: Okay, I, I, okay, we'll stay there. I get Maureen. That's a fair point. You know, if you're a real Christian, well, then you wouldn't judge somebody for what they've done. And Aga makes the point, and so does Sophie, in fairness, that, you know, you have a right to refuse to do it, but if the person comes back looking for aftercare, you know, that's nothing to do essentially with the abortion or the decision to have an abortion. It's to do with somebody's health.
2: But it is something to do with the abortion now. You see, that's the problem. And if you are a Christian, in the eyes of a Christian, and especially when I'm Catholic, it is a sin. It is a, a sin, but thing, in it's not in the up eyes to you ca- to ca- In the eyes of the Catholic Church, you partake yeah, but- in an abortion. Maureen, Maureen, Would you let me finish? Oh, hang
0: on, finish? No, hang on. One, one at a time. Let Maureen finish and I'll I let you respond. You
2: partake in an abortion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You either send some for one. You partake in it in any way, shape or form. You even vote for that referendum.
0: But, but, but Maureen, they're not partaking in the abortion. They're only partaking in. They're only partaking in the health care afterwards.
2: They shouldn't have to because they knew what went on before.
0: Sorry, Aggie, you wanted to respond to what Maureen said.
2: There. I wanted to respond to Maureen, uh, first of all, asking
7: her, uh, okay, so if you were to refuse the care, how would you answer Jesus telling him, sorry, I refuse the care because because I dis- fundamentally disagree for caring for this person. And also, didn't just Jesus sit- sat with taxpayers? So th- this kind of goes to show you, Christian people are there to care for other people and to love them without judging them. But that does not mean that they can um, that they can support them in their sin. So that's what I'm saying. If the doctor was to participate in carrying out the abortion, so essentially he's aiding and abetting the sin, that's, that's what he shouldn't be doing as a Christian. But his fundamental role is to care for the person who came seeking for help. So let's say that person had a complication and it's in a really bad state. Very much Christians should help in the situation, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's according to the Bible. So if Catholic believe in the Bible, that's very much, that's, that's what's in it.
0: Do you do you not see that, Maureen? And as much as they're agreeing with the other point you're making about participating in the abortion or the process of abortion or termination of pregnancy, they're disagreeing with you in the point that if a woman comes back and for example, let's say as said she's had an abortion and she has a bleed or something like that. Internal bleed. I and, and
2: yes, I know what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and and she oh, comes in doctor and says, Listen, I had an abortion last week, doctor. I was in England or I had an abortion in another county or whatever. But I, I've noticed I have a bleed. Would you expect that doctor to turn around and say, well, I'm sorry, you know, you've had an abortion. I don't agree with that. I'm on conscientious grounds. So you'll have to go and find another doctor to deal with your bleed. Would you really? Yes, I would. You would expect a doctor to do that?
2: Yes, he can. And they should have the right to do that. Because it is a sin. And if they're a Christian doctor, they're looking at it as a sin. And they're not going to be partaking in any way, shape or form.
0: I'm looking here, by the way, in the Bible itself, Romans, I shouldn't. I know people give out to me for quoting the Bible, uh, 12, 20, 21, uh, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, uh, for by uh, so doing, you will uh, heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Did you ever hear that? Have you ever heard that? Thing? Thank you. That's in the Bible, by the way. So in other words, you feed your enemy, you give them drinks if they're thirsty. You know, in other words, it, it goes back to that old thing, you know, you go, don't go down to somebody else's level. Do you know what I mean? We're better than that. Would you not agree, Maureen? Well,
2: no, because we're talking, we're talking about a different subject, we're talking about abortion, I let's stick to the subject.
0: No, but I, I, I'm, only, also, I'm only I'm only using that as a moral. It,
2: it is also experiment. in the Bible. Sophie, um, well, and it's called. Go ahead. It, it is called actually. Um, we'll, we'll it Now, it's a canonical punishment for expenses such as a heresy, violation, or state of confession. But it is also in there that if you support abortion, you have an abortion. You have. Uh, you're, it's actually called Latte Sentence, which means automatic excommunication.
0: Well, I, do, I know that the church will excommunicate anybody who performs an abortion. Well, uh, Sophie, uh, you what want to... What that means
2: is that you can't receive... No, but that yeah, but not, yeah, but you're not performing the abortion. Outside the church. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter if you vote for it. You must still, before you receive Holy Communion, you must go to confession and, and confess... That you supported abortion, you voted for it, you accompanied somebody that was going to an abortion, that's what that excommunication is about.
0: Sorry, Sophie, you want to say something there to Maureen. Go ahead.
2: And that's Canon 930, that's Canon 1397.
0: Okay, go ahead, Maureen, or go ahead, Sophie.
4: Um, I want to be kind and, and, and considerate to Maureen because I do really understand how belief systems have been have 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 created this, you know, the, the people's belief and they're good people, really good people, trying to be good people in a world that's pulling the rug from under them. But and I don't like to get into Bible quotes and things like that, but I think the the quote Maureen about brother, let me remove the splinter in your eye before you throw a wooden beam at somebody else. I think what we're talking about is two different things. One of them is, as you say, participating in something against your conscience right down to your heart and soul. And you don't have to be a Christian to do that. You can just, you can often get a feeling this this isn't right. Mm. And you you don't you shouldn't even have to, we shouldn't have to logicize all of our feelings. There's a big difference more between a belief and a knowing. When you know in your heart and soul that something is right or wrong, right down to the cells of your body. You don't even need a Bible to do no harm, take no one's property and protect the vulnerable. But I'm, I'm lacking a sense of the love that I would assume that one would hold if you do hold something like the, the consciousness of Christ in your heart. And <clears throat> I'm just concerned. And the other thing I'd ask you, Maureen, is how many unmarried women have you opened your door to who didn't? Or do you do you assume that if they had sex before marriage or got found themselves pregnant, um, especially in the background of the world that there is. Maureen, would you, if a, if a young girl down the road was being, um, was happened to choose, would you take her into your home, Maureen, and look after her What and do her you child? mean, take
2: her into my home and take her into my home and
4: look after her? She's keeping her baby. No, no yes, would you do that? Yes, yes, because I, I would. Right, well I, I know no a girl problem. in that position. I know a girl in that position and mm. she told me, I can't do this, I can't have a baby. I have no one. I have no family support. I I I can't be with this abusive man who took advantage of me. But I don't feel like I want an abortion. So you're telling me that you would take her into your home, and we contact you in six months' time, and you'd give her the love of your Bible, and and I mean love. I don't mean judgment. And not is she a sinner, Maureen? This is absolutely... No, see,
0: this is this is the point. I think you're you're making a point very well, Sophia. And Maureen, it's an interesting question. So a young girl comes to you with her baby to the door and she's not married, and would you no take her into it? No,
2: pregnant, Niall,
0: uh, pregnant. Uh, she's pregnant, yeah, and she's not married. I said
2: I would, and I you would Okay, mother. well
0: then well then, is that not exactly the same thing that we're asking of you now? Because as much as you know, she must be a sinner because she's had sex before marriage, so she must no, be a sinner. No, not. Well, well, no. Same
2: thing, she, she didn't kill her baby, now. No, that's no, no it. but hang
0: on, but she's still committing a sin according to the Bible because she's had sex before marriage. I'm just saying. And yet you're willing... Because it's already happened and she's already pregnant, you're willing to help that woman because you're a good charitable Christian person. But yes, okay, but but, but, but the sinner who has the abortion or
2: to kill her baby—that's the difference. No,
0: but okay, but that's all equally a sin. So, a sinner who has an abortion, according to your Christian world, um, are you not willing to forgive that sin and then look after them if they come to your door?
4: To forgive the sin, yeah. Or not judge. Or punish. Or act not like judge. No, we God. don't judge
2: the person. And judge.
4: We judge the sin. That's what Christians okay, and to well, we do. do. You've been asked to treat the
5: person, not the sin.
0: Okay, both of you hold up a second because John has been waiting ages. Sorry, John, go ahead.
5: Right. Um, here's a hypothetical situation and you'll see what, where I'm going with it. Um, we we'll say I'm going out my door now and we we'll say the woman in store is in the garden, there's nobody around. I mean, for some bizarre reason, nobody's in the road, only me and that person. And the woman is bleeding out in the garden. She said, John, would you help me please? I had an abortion last week there, look, like, something has gone wrong. Uh Do I say to her, I'm sorry, love, I am totally, I feel sorry for you as a human being. You're bleeding out in the garden, right? But I can't in any way take part in helping you, calling an ambulance, comforting you in any way. There's no way I would do that. I would comfort the woman. I would go in home. I would get a blanket. I would call the ambulance. I would stay with her. I would go on the ambulance if she wanted me to. The point I'm getting to is, unfortunately, when the doctors are asked for follow-up care or aftercare, right, the deed has been done. The child has been killed. The child has been murdered in cold blood. As you know, that's my belief, right? But if a woman needs aftercare, the deed is done then. And it then becomes healthcare, it's about the woman then and helping her and saving her life. And I would be in favour of
0: that. And Maureen, John is the most pro life person you can possibly meet. Yes, I know he is. But but yet he's willing to concede that once the deed has been done, he's not going to judge from that point on, and that person deserves aftercare.
2: Yes, I heard what he's saying.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: But
2: we're talking about doctors. We're not talking about us on the side of the street. Of course, if I came but... across somebody who was in dire straits like that or bleeding out, we'd do the same to help. We're
5: talking about doctors. Marlene, I know, look, I've great time for you because you for life like myself, but in a situation again like me and Norman one being around and helping a person, supposing there's no doctor on duty, only a doctor that's against abortion, but he's asked him, the woman is bleeding out or something, the abortion is over, right? And he says, Sorry, look at me. And he says, Look, there's no other doctor in the hospital, it has to be you. And he says, No, I can't take part in it because I can't touch this in any way because I meant the abortion. That, that shouldn't happen. Maybe it shouldn't.
2: But that's up to him. That's his conscientious objection. That's where it comes yeah. in. And well, as, far as, saying, people, as far as to saying people take you into your homes, I, well, here's one for you. It had nothing to do with abortion. It had nothing to do with anything. There was a guy in this town. He was being made homeless. Nobody would touch him because the poor, misfortunate man, he had a drug problem. He smoked a lot of dope and all the rest of it. He, and he met me one day and he said, I'm going to be sleeping, he said, over in kindergartens because I'm losing my home and nobody would touch him. I brought him in my home for four months and nobody yeah, knew about was- it. And I couldn't keep him any longer because he began to get a little bit odd with the, you know, smoking too much of the dope. Again, I gave him a bedroom, kept him for four months and no one knew about it. It God rest his soul, now he's dead now with the last three years.
0: See, Maureen, there's nobody doubting, and I would be the last person to doubt, your goodwill and the fact that you're a good person. And, but I suppose even from my point of view, and look, everybody knows, you know, although I don't say it on radio because I'm not supposed to, but I say it certainly in the podcast. I'm pro-life. I don't agree with abortion in very rare circumstances where a woman's life might be in danger or whatever it happens to be. But very rare circumstances. I don't believe morally it's right. And I'm not even a Christian. So but I do agree that if a woman comes to a doctor after she's had an abortion, even though he's conscientiously objected and he conscientiously objects to performing abortions or terminations of pregnancies or referrals, that if she has a problem, he should be providing aftercare because that is health care. Yeah, that
5: is no,
2: so, Well, if there's another doctor there that can do it, he can refer her if he wants to. He doesn't have to do it.
0: But that's, that's what but, I'm the, saying. But, but that but that's you know that's denying <laughs> <laughs> a service <laughs> that that could He can be.
2: ring up the guy next door and the others the others because in most clinics now most places so there's three or four doctors on anyway, mm. he can just make a call and put through and go um, could you see this lady please? That's all he has well, to neither. do.
5: I would be um, 100% I mean, against any doctor or nurse or midwife being forced to participate in an abortion in a hospital or in any medical setting, right? I would 100% stand with in there. But once the abortion is over and they're asked to help in any way where a woman is in trouble physically, like in bleeding out or whatever complications are in, I think that that stays in the onus is to look after the patient.
0: In relation to conscientious objection, and just to give the counter-argument, and I mentioned the two cases earlier on in the UK about the Muslim who referred to, or who refused to serve alcohol during Ramadan, who worked in an off-licence, and the Christian who worked in a pharmacy, who refused to serve contraception. And both those cases, those people uh, won or lost their case because the courts decided you're in a job where you knew that would be the case. You knew if you were becoming a pharmacist, you would have to you know, serve the contraceptive pill or condoms or whatever it would be. You knew if you worked in an off-license, you would have to serve alcohol. Yeah,
5: I know. But but isn't there an argument,
0: isn't there an argument that when you become a doctor, you know throughout the world and the majority of countries, termination of pregnancy is available?
5: Well, you see, look, it's a quantum leap leap, you now going from an off, a clone walking in an off license, right? And here's a problem. But the principle the is the
0: same, is it not?
5: Yeah, but you're talking about life in this and the situation with participating in abortion. There's a quantum leap between that and an off license.
0: Well, let's say I was a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness doctor. Should I refuse oh. to, to, to give somebody a blood transfusion? No, you couldn't do that because they could die. Do you know what I mean? So you, there has to be a line on conscientious objection. Do you know what I mean? I Maybe I'm wrong in saying that.
5: Yeah, but you see the thing again, getting back to the abortion, you see that there's a second life there which has to be protected, which unfortunately is not now under the, under the laws of this land. Um, and I believe look that should be protected and anyone that's against abortion and taking part in this, in the medical setting should be supported. But I would... Uh, had no part in and a woman being denied medical care
0: afterwards Ok well do me a favour, stay there for a second Maureen and John and Morris and Malachi I will be with you after this quick 7 second break
6: Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school and all through his life they just keep telling him to shut up but not anymore <laughs> because now he has his own live podcast The Niall Boylan Podcast
0: Morris, hi, how are you?
8: Hi, how are you doing? It's very ironic you have this subject on today. Two minutes ago, I was sitting outside the mother and baby home on the Navin Road, where it all started out for you. It's not unusual.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's only a plaque on the wall there now, I think, isn't there?
8: Yeah, I think it's a residence all right for something or other, but I was just right beside it. <laughs> well, well I, I think where the home
0: was itself, where the, the Navin Road home was, <laughs> I think now there's a housing estate there now, isn't there?
8: That's right, camping. But there's part of it still there. I don't know what it's used for. But it was right at it, and I could see the plaque from where the wall was. You know. Mm. But I think, listen, um, I'm very Christian. Help, and I, I don't judge people. I'm here to help people. And if I met a woman that needed help, regardless of what she done to herself or what she needed to get done because she didn't want, imagine a woman was raped and she was forced to have the monster who raped her baby. That's horrific. And then, like, she's trying to live with the fact that I can't have this monster's baby because he forced it upon me. And then you have the Christian on the other side. But God creates life. God gave you the gift of the baby. So she's torn between the mental and the physical help she needs. If a doctor doesn't agree with abortion, I... Let him we were all given free will. But if a woman approaches or a girl approaches and says, Look, I need help. I've had an abortion three weeks ago. I'm not in the right frame of mind. My mental health's all over the place. I think you he should help her because you've been given a gift by God to put the hand out to help. Like they take a note for a doctor to preserve life and to help life. And then on the other hand, when you have Maureen talking there about, Oh, it's non Christian, it's against the law, it's a mortal same. Eamon Casey had children. McCleary had children. They were pacificating to us with one hand and doing dirty deeds on the other hand. Now, What, what I Eamon said Casey was, did,
2: killing an unborn child <coughs> is a mortal sin, is what I said.
8: I understand that, but like the church were corrupt too and, and got women into trouble and treated them horribly. And Eamon Casey, Lloyd, I know good women like my mother and other women of that age, and they went to the priest and they said, my husband is not treating me very well. And they told me before they passed, the priest said to them, go home and do what your husband tells you. He wouldn't say that to his mother, being a priest. You know, so I think we're a little bit, we, we're inclined to forget. And I'll tell you one thing that haunted me, Noel, over the weekend. I've seen the anniversary of Sabina Halepin Arbor, the woman that died who was denied an abortion who was bleeding so inside, have ended up dying of sepsis. But she had sepsis, You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, exactly. That's her anniversary. And she's gone now
0: over 10 years. And I understand, and by the way, yes, I agree with you. It was a terrible tragedy. But what came out of that, and the coroner's report, from what I remember, the, the whole inquiry into, in relation to that, and of course that was used to force a referendum in, here in Ireland. But what came out of that was, from the experts, no matter whether she had yeah. a, had a termination or not, it still didn't suggest that it would have saved her life.
8: Oh, you understand they, that? They, the question,
0: when they were asked the question, when the experts, I think it was Dr. Peter Boylan, if I remember right, he was asked, you know, yeah. w- would her life have been saved if she had a termination of pregnancy? The answer was unclear.
8: Well, you understand Wouldn't that, I but do- I'd like to say, one of the things that came out to me in the case was when she asked for an abortion or she asked for a termination, sorry, uh, one of the people that was looking after said, Anna, ah, no, hang on a minute, we don't do They're that. Starting, this, is yeah. this is holy Catholic Ireland. This is holy Catholic Ireland. And that woman has to live with that. She meant nothing boys, but she said it. And the woman that said it to her has to live with that for the rest of her life. Little did she know that woman was going to die because of lack of care. But that so
2: woman, but according to, woman, to, what, according to husband, she never asked for a, an abortion. So somebody's no, lying that's somewhere not true. in all this case. That's
8: not true. That's not No, true. There's, she a asked lot things, for a there's
2: a lot of things that are not true. And a lot well, of things that came out of the paper I, that weren't
8: true. I read the article she wrote in the paper. So did I. And he was I. devastated. And it does not, she asked for a termination because she knew something well, wasn't right. I,
0: I think actually it was the husband, if I remember rightly, that asked for the termination, not her. Hmm. Yeah. well, there
8: you no, go. Little no, did she know she paid for her life, though she pay for her life no. for her, it. But but
0: again, I say to you, the evidence at the end of all that was that even if she had a, had a termination at that point, it was probably too late. Sadly, sepsis had gone through her body; she had, had blood poisoning oh, essentially, yeah. and she, was, she, she probably would have, would have died anyway, Morris. She
5: would have yeah, said that. No yeah,
0: really so, well, hang on, sorry, John. What are you trying to say?
5: I said it was medical neglect I mean the report came out there was talking in different stages that they should have intervened and they didn't it was pure that woman was poisoned by medical negligence end of story yeah. but unfortunately the poor woman her, her case was hijacked and it was despicable by the likes of people who brought profit Sinn Féin. every
0: Tom Dick and Harry that was poor about Stay there for a second let me go to Maliki if I can Morris stay with me for a second Maliki, <laughs> hi <laughs> how are you? Good afternoon, Niall. Good afternoon to, to you. Just to clear
9: up this, the vita issue first, the, the HSE paid out hundreds of thousands of euro in compensation for that case because of their incompetence. Yes, Nothing I know. To do with the fact whether there was abortion available in this country or not. And it was seized on by the usual liberal pinkos in, in the Irish Times, particularly um, to use it as a box ramp ram to bring in abortion in this country. Now, let's get back to... Morris is bringing in all these distractions about the church and all this nonsense, which has nothing to do with the question that you posed. It's whether a conscientious doctor should be made carry out abortions when he's opposed to the taking of human life. But, uh, and the answer to that, quite simply, is... I'll come to the second part of it now. The answer to that, quite simply, is no. Nobody should be compelled to carry out any action that is against our conscience. In relation to whether a doctor would give treatment to somebody post-abortion, I don't know any doctor, and I've never heard tell of any doctor who has refused any medical care that he was capable of delivering to any man, woman, or child.
0: Well, then the why... Well, then, well, hang the, on, the, Maliki. On, no, no, Maliki, hang on a second. Is, no, hang on. Why are the Medical Council of Ireland bringing in new guidelines from January, it comes into effect from January the 1st, under the new guidelines, doctors will have to provide follow-up care for women who've had a legal procedure. No, I, so, so what, what... So unless, what. unless some doctor has refused to do it, there would be no need for them to even oh, mention no, this. No,
9: no, that, that is not the case. The Medical Council is bringing these guidelines because the liberal left in this country want the compelability of people to do things that they decide are correct. In this country, though, there is no... Um, Allowance made for people who don't want to follow the dictates of the liberal left. And that's the reality. People are demonised. We saw just on the the other issue how we were all demonised from last November until now. And now the government is agreeing with everything that we said in relation to immigration. So all of these issues where people stand outside the box and say something is wrong and they are fundamentally opposed to it. Are going to, you identified the, the the woman, for instance, who was stopped with the police for praying silently in your head on the street. How can you be prosecuted for praying silently in your well, head? She was twice. You know, yeah. This is the, yes, and this is a lunacy. Well, she was given uh, uh, fines, uh, yeah. for being in in the area, and that, I'm not so sure that she paid them yet. So it's under the
0: Public Order Act in the UK. Yeah, yeah.
9: Well, like, this is nonsense. But well, this is about. Okay, well, can I come back to difference. what
0: I said earlier on to John? And, and look, you all, I'm I'm here, but, okay. you all know what side of the fence I'm, I'm on here. But okay, you all know what side of the fence I am on when it comes to abortion. But I'm just giving you the devil. I'm just giving you the, the counter argument. Um, in relation to conscientious objection, I mentioned to John and Maureen earlier on, and one of the other callers. You know, cases in the UK of similar conscientious objection, in other occupations, like a Christian working in a pharmacy who refused to uh, dispense uh, the contraceptive pill. Uh, like a Muslim who worked in an off license who refused to serve alcohol during Ramadan, um, so those cases were lost because the courts decided you took the job you knew it entailed, so you shouldn't have taken the job. Is that not the same thing for a doctor?
9: Well, well I don't think it is, Neil, because I mean, if you go and you're looking for a heart surgeon, you're not going to go to a, a chiropractor. You know, doctor specialise in, in different things, so there's no comparable. Uh, well, if you go to a gynaecologist, yeah, but if well, you go if you
0: go to a gynaecologist, there,
5: there, there is. A-
9: There is a difference now between treating somebody post abortion for whatever disaster has been done to their body, internally or mentally, after the fact. Then I mean there's no equality with taking that child's life. They're two totally separate things. And I don't know, and I've never seen reported anywhere that any doctor refused care to a woman who was still, for instance, still bleeding after an abortion. But remember, people have left abortion clinics in England particularly Irish women just before this came in an Irish woman bled to death in a taxi if I recall correctly um, after going into an abortion clinic and being ripped apart and the child ripped out of her. You know this is what's happening and, and you know there's no account being taken in the real world by the liberal left of the mental anguish that visits women after they have an abortion. And that goes right on through, through all of their life. And you will see that many of the, the, and this will come true, and then the figures will show this in due course, that a huge percentage of, of women and of men whose children have been t- taken from them and killed, of women who have had abortions, will be suffering from mental health problems as we go through
0: the Well, no, I, I have no doubt I've spoken to many people over the years on radio, both on radio and on the podcast as well, who've had serious regrets in relation to abortion. I've also spoken to women who don't have, well, who claim they don't have regrets. Well, uh, st- stay there, Maliki. Let me go to Eileen as or well. a woman. Yeah, okay. Say there, Maliki. Eileen, hi. How are you?
10: Hello, how are you now?
0: Go ahead, um, Eileen. What do you want to say?
10: I just want to say, doctors take a note when, they're, when they go into training. The Hippocratic oath. I don't actually think and they that, take
0: that anymore, but, but but I know the I know what you're talking about, but I don't think they actually yeah. physically do that anymore, but I, th- I think
10: they, I th- I think they do, mm. um, and that they go to look after their patients. So yeah. whatever the case, they need to look after their patients. And as you said, you know, the Muslim working in the off license and not agreeing to serve,
1: you I know, drink as yeah.
10: because of Ram- <laughs> Ramadan uh No, they have to look after their patients and most doctors are men of science and I don't imagine any doctor would refuse to give a woman care post-abortion or pre-abortion.
0: Well, many doctors are refusing to give women care pre-abortion. Now, post-abortion, as Maliki rightly said, I don't know of any cases of it. But do, do you believe that if a woman goes to a doctor, and let's say he is a Christian, Um, Do you believe he should be allowed to say to her, no, sorry, I don't do terminations of pregnancy? And then she turns and says, well, you can direct me to somebody who does. And he goes, no, sorry, I can't direct you to anybody, because that's not what I do. I can't get involved in that. It's against my morals. Do you believe a doctor should be allowed to refuse a woman? No. I don't.
10: I mean, I I think they they take a note to look after people, and that's what they should do. And obviously she's going to the doctor for help. Whether... You know, mentally she's not able, or physically she's not able to have, go through with the pregnancy. So that's why she goes to the doctor looking for help. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't, I, I don't know of any doctor uh, that has refused anyone. They have. I know that they thing. have
0: a huge amount Here of them refused. Of yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they are a lot. Of, a lot of them have refused um, on moral. I mean, some are not even religious. Just on moral grounds, they don't agree with abortion, so they won't perform a termination.
10: Yeah. Now, see, I. I I I would have the problem if someone is using abortion as a means of contraception, you know, that they just Mm. don't, you know, they don't bother to use contraception and, oh, well, I'm after getting pregnant. I just get rid of the baby. I don't agree with that. Well, isn't that
0: how most abortions happen? Uh,
10: No, not really.
0: Well, statistically, I think most abortions are inconvenient pregnancies. So if it's an inconvenient pregnancy. Surely they could have avoided it. So I, you know, I, I some abortions obviously would be for different reasons.
10: Yeah, med- but, um, for medical grounds. Yeah, um, whatever. Patients, yeah. Or, but most uh, abortions
0: are know. not for that reason. Most abortions are for the reasons that it's just not the right time for me to have a baby, or economically I'm not in the right place to have a child, or I just didn't really want another one. I got pregnant by accident, or there. That's the reasons most abortions happen. Yeah.
10: Well, I mean, it's. it's it's up to the woman, I think it's her choice, you mm-hmm. know, if she if she feels she's not able, for whatever reason, financial, medically, uh, yeah. physical, uh, you know, she's not able to go through it, uh, she should be able to get help from a doctor.
0: Well, well, well hang on, Maliki. there you go, Eileen says a doctor basically, well, I don't know whether they still do the Hippocratic Oath, but basically, you know, takes an oath essentially, you know, when you're becoming a doctor to provide care. Uh, for a woman or a man no the
9: hypocritical is to do no harm yeah clearly a doctor who opposes abortion believes that taking the child's life is doing harm and he also probably believes that taking the child out of the mother's womb and killing it is going to do the mother irreparable damage as well so sorry um, you know hold on let me finish the point let me finish the point okay you cannot compel somebody to do something that they fundamentally oppose there are plenty of doctors, and you can go to the, from the National Women's Council right through to every other left-wing funded NGO or government organisation in this country who will give you a 101 doctors to go to who rip the child out of you and kill it. You know, so why do we need to say that 100% of doctors should do this?
0: You because, don't because, say because, of the court, because according to Stephen Donnelly, women are not getting the service that they need because so many but, doctors but are, actually, are actually refusing to do it.
9: I'd rather, Niall, that Stephen Donnelly would actually sort out the real problems in the health service. Well, he believes
0: this is is a real problem.
9: Well, he's also a man who believes that the health service executive is capable of running the health system and that we have one of the best health systems in the world. Well, well, if he said
0: that, he's delusional. Yeah.
9: Well, he is delusional. He he told us well No, well, unfortunately, he doesn't come onto your program anymore now since he was made a minister. That's and yet, a- he, you couldn't keep him off it of before that, you know. Um, so, but what he has said, and you know, again, the HSE, the, the highest paid civil servants in the world, run it, the, the highest paid, um, the director, the, the secretary general of the Department of Health, is the highest paid. I would suggest, and I. I anybody to differ with me on this, it's the highest paid civil servant in the world and we have the most dysfunctional operations run under the...
0: 420,000 or something like that, plus expenses. Uh, Nearly a half a million.
9: More than the President of America.
0: Okay, we're kind of entering off the subject a little bit, but getting back to what Eileen is saying, Eileen, you heard Malachy, you know, as far as he's concerned, abortion abortion is not right, end of story, and any doctor that does it or refuses to do it should have a right to refuse to do it on moral grounds.
10: He just quoted part of of that oath, to do no no harm. harm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
10: Yeah, that's that's very, uh, it would be doing harm to the person if they don't get what they need, the attention so, and what,
0: what about the, the point he's making is that you're doing harm to the unborn child?
10: Well, the, the unborn child isn't the patient of the doctor. It's well,
4: the,
9: the person, well, the lady that goes... Presents well, the, the doctor who, the doctor who refuses been, to do an abortion and to kill the child also believes that he's doing irreparable damage to the mother of that child, both mentally and in some cases physically. You look at the amount of women who have had a number of abortions and then are unable to conceive a child when they want it because of the fact that they've had the child ripped out of them on a number of occasions.
0: Okay, we'll stay, we'll stay there for a second. Let me just go to Owen as well. Stay there, Eileen. Owen, hi, how are you? Uh, how's it going? Um, okay, um, well, it's has of two questions to say. Do you agree with conscientious objection? Should a doctor be allowed to refuse to give an abortion? Or absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
11: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think it's, it's absolutely more right of the doctor to... Say no to something like that. If he objects to that, if he sees it as immoral or dangerous or doing harm to mm. the woman or the child, he has every every right to say uh, to say no to that. But um, I think I, I think a lot of good points have been made there already. So there is one thing I'd I'd like to bring out one point, and it's 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 the interference of the state in in the matters of the family and and, and health generally that even in a liberal a liberal state. If this, on the face of it, this is this is painfully immoral, you know, by the liberal standard. I've, I understand that liberalism is the, the liberty of the individual. And if you're gonna if you're gonna impel people by by force of law to do things that are immoral in their eyes, isn't liberalism? It's borderline fascism. Uh, so, like, what call it? Why? Why call it mm-hmm. liberalism? Why? Why call it like?
0: Okay. Should, okay. But by the way, should, the second question was say, Should doctors be allowed to refuse to give aftercare?
11: Um. Well, again, like I, I think it is like I personally, for me you now, and just speak for myself, like if a woman after an abortion uh, needed healthcare, like, and I was a doctor, I, I wouldn't refuse her. Like you know, like okay. I, obviously, I'd be against the abortion and all that. Like you know what I mean? But I'm not gonna
0: refuse you know, the aftercare if she had a bleed or something like that. You you wouldn't refuse to, to care for her after that point. Because obviously, no. you know, it's already done. Mm-hmm.
11: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think like it's 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 kind of it's not really the same thing. Like you know, it's the date is mm-hmm. done and it, that's that's a shame. Like for me, like, but I, I'm mm-hmm. not
0: gonna you know, not gonna
11: be hurt, be hoard or whatever. Like,
0: hey, I, can I ask? By the way, thank you for that, Owen. I appreciate it. Can I ask, Eileen as well? Eileen, I'm assuming did you vote yes in the referendum
10: for abortion? Yes,
0: yes, you did. Yes, and and I'm curious. When you voted yes, did you vote yes on the grounds that you know of the 12 week legislation? Um, you know, the fatal fetal abnormalities up to 22 weeks, once it's signed off by a doctor, etc. Did you? Or, or was it you're just happy enough with abortion under any circumstances?
10: Uh no no, it was just um, you know I wouldn't like you know if the if a person needs one, I wouldn't like to see them having to go to England. It should be available here in Ireland.
0: Okay, but do you agree with the suggestion that they want to amend the legislation now to uh, extend it past the twelve weeks?
10: Oh no, I wouldn't. No, I don't think that's right.
0: Mm. Yeah.
10: No, up to the twelve weeks. If that's what they want to. <laughs> yeah. that's,
0: that's what they're trying to do now. Is they want to? They want to oh, change no, that. I yeah. I didn't know. Um, by the way, what, By the way, Maliki, just out of, out of uh, curiosity, at what point is that piece of legislation that's been drafted before people by people for profit, whereby they want to decriminalise doctors, extend the, the the period, the the, the cut off point, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the three day cooling off period? What point is that legislation at now?
9: I, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to just double check that. But if you go back, and this is the point I was going to raise, if you go back to all of the promises that they made, you know, when they brought in when they were advocating for the the, murder of children before they were born, before the referendum, they said you'll have the three-day waiting period, you'll have the cut-off points, it would be seldom and rare, doctors won't have to do it. Now every one of these things are now being rolled back on, which is exactly what people like me said would happen. They wanted to open the door and this is why people need to be very careful as we move towards the euthanasia today in, in, in the coming year, that any promise that this government and the liberal left make will be broken as we move through the years. So, you know, there's 35,000 children have been killed in this country since we brought in that legislation. Imagine that, 35,000 children have been killed who are not here. And we're talking about, you know, we've nobody to pay the pensions of of people as they get older. And yet we're after removing over 35,000 future taxpayers from the system because somebody didn't want them or they were an inconvenience or they didn't have blue eyes and blonde hair or, you know, oh, well, I have to go out on the Saturday night. I can't be minding the child. You know, all of these nonsensical reasons.
0: Okay. Well, hold on a second. Let me just go to Margaret. She's waiting ages there. Sorry, <coughs> Margaret. Hi. How are you? Hi, Nat. How are you? Good. Margaret, do you, do you well, two questions again to today. Do you believe doctors should be allowed to refuse to terminate a pregnancy? based on their morals or their religion, firstly?
12: It's a very good question now, because th- there's two ways of looking at it. One is, um, or I had to put it? one is discrimination to refuse someone the care they need. So you could say it's morally wrong in that regard. But also you could argue that um, <clears throat> it's also morally wrong to expect a doctor to go against their own personal beliefs and standards and values. Do you know what I mean? It's actually mm. kind of morally wrong either way, I think.
0: Okay. So... If you know what I mean well, well, then, well, then you're kind of sitting on the fence, Margaret. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> you're kind of sitting on the fence to some degree, because you're saying it's morally wrong. I, on both. I,
12: I, I, I'm giving a lot of thought now, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I've always got things from every, every possible angle. And...
1: Mm. Yeah,
12: and um, would, would we, like you or me, or anyone else, would we go against our? Would we, would we go against our own morals or values. Do you know what I mean? Why should a doctor be speeched to as well? You can look at it that way.
0: Well, see, if they pro-choice and women will, or some women will argue <laughs> that abortion is health care. and if you're a doctor, you need to provide or you should provide abortions because <laughs> you should provide health care. <clears throat>
12: Well, i been I'm a very outspoken person by nature. <laughs> Doesn't know to do me favours, but, but I personally don't think abortion is health care. I, I, I believe started the the woman herself to make her own personal choices regarding her body and her life and all that. I just don't see health care. The after, so could, yeah. The but, after okay, treatment. Yeah. Okay, after. thank you very, very much.
0: Sorry, say yeah. that again, Margaret, the after what?
12: I'd say the after treatments now you could regard as health care. Yes that in itself. I don't regard the actual abortion
0: procedure as health care. Yes, I think that's actually quite insulting to women, unless, of course, it is a, a question of uh, life or death. I don't think it it is health care. Thank you for that, Margaret. Let me go to Morris as well. Morris, hi, how are you?
13: Uh, good, thanks, Niall. Thanks.
0: I'm good. Morris, what would you like to say?
13: Um, I'd like to say in relation to um, what you were talking about, like me personally, I would be pro-life, so I'd be completely, um, you know, like the way I view it is, it's called healthcare you're ta- you you're 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 saying to doctors that um you know it's okay to, to take out um, an innocent life right you might other people might be saying no it's 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 not um the same as let's say you or me who's standing here at the moment
1: but mm.
13: um other, a lot of people in the country would believe the same as myself and yes at the same time if we were talking about capital punishment a doctor would be breaking their Hippocratic oath if they were involved with the administration of, let's say, a lethal injection. When it comes to the US, in relation to um, it being part of the execution process of an individual who's committed heinous crimes, yeah. So the, in that sense, they'd be supposedly breaking their their rules. Yet it's okay for them to 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 perform abortions on demand. So, like, I consider. Well, that's, but that's
0: because, according to the law. The unborn child doesn't have any rights,
13: yeah, but like in my in my in my views, like I would have no issue with a doctor being allowed to perform executions, whether it be the executions we used to perform in this state, the last ex- execution of an mm. individual in nineteen fifty four in Limerick who raped and killed an elderly woman, and he deserves what he got um um, so like so like in, in my opinion, for instance, I'd be okay with that. In relation to bodily autonomy, for instance, I know I'm slightly stretching the subject but slightly, I thought it's, it's related. If we talk about bodily autonomy, for instance, yet in this country, if you wanted I mean, to sell your yeah. if you wanted to sell your sperm, let's say, for money, you can't do that. Or if you wanted to sell your organs, let's say if your your family is in dire straits and the main provider died in a car crash. The leading contender for the uh, Argentinian presidential election, he's a libertarian candidate, was proposing to allow people to be able to, let's say, sell their kidney or their heart instead of um, the current situation where, you know, you have the option to to give your organs, let's say, for nothing and, you know, Mm. that family who is doing that isn't getting anything, so they could be facing bankruptcy possibly. And, you know, I, I heard of a fellow going to Turkey, for instance, selling his kidney over 10 years ago. We've, we've
0: had on one, him. by the way, just to, just to let you know, we've had one case of it here in Ireland already in the last year. Of, people of uh, of, It's called, um, I think uh, it's human trafficking, but not human trafficking. It's, it's called body part trafficking. So it's trafficking people into the country um, to basically take their body parts.
13: Yeah, like I'd be completely against mm. it, but I'm saying like, of if, course, if it's I died, if I if I died, I'd be happy enough
0: to well, well, have in my heart. Or yeah, well, that well, that's different. That, that's 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 don't that's donating your organs after you die. But the idea that we would allow people to sell parts of their body while they're alive is ridiculous because yeah, but, that discourages people from wanting to live in the first place. Well, I that's
13: that's bodily autonomy. Like, so, like if if you're saying organ you're like,
0: harvesting, yeah, yes, sorry, yeah.
13: So, like, if I have two kidneys, I only need one. Like, I can't. Like, and also, if I uh, sold one of my kidneys, I can't go on. Uh, do you
0: Do you believe uh, you should be allowed to sell your kidney if you want to?
13: Yeah, if I if have. So, no what sort
0: of but well, what sort of a society would we live in where people would be so desperate they would be selling parts of their body? That happens in in third world countries. That's not what Ireland is about. That's not what it should even be. Ireland should be about.
13: Well, we have people down fifty meters from the dawn. Thank we've, you.
0: we've over... Thanks. Uh, who's die, Who's dying 50 metres from the doll?
13: There, there was a homeless man who died a number of years ago.
0: Jonathan, <laughs> yeah, who was like this kind of poster boy for the homeless people, sadly. Jonathan, so, you, you can't... Hold on. You can't bring that... You're bringing a million things into this, Mars. Jonathan, sadly, had many other issues as well. You know, he had drug addiction. He had all sorts of issues.
13: And then also you have other people, for instance... No matter how much money they make, they have to go to the bookies and piss it all up against
0: the Oh, I all. know. That's their problem. You know, I mean, that, that, yeah, but the government can't be responsible for everything. Now, g- getting back to Jonathan, using that story, people, oh, this chap that died beside the doll, he just happened to die there. But Jonathan had been offered help on numerous occasions. And from what I believe, his family were quite wealthy, uh, by the way, but he had a drug problem. You know, so Jonathan was offered help and he had a drug problem. You can't, you, sometimes you can't, you can't help people. They need to help themselves. So you can't blame the government for Jonathan's death. You can blame the government for a lot of things, but you can't blame them for his death. You know what yeah, I mean? But
13: you can't then say to people that you can't do. Like, for instance, I could make, I was offered, how I got onto that topic was I was outside a Dublin pub in 2018 and I was offered, a woman came up to me. She looked fairly off you know going by her clothes and her handbag, and she straight up asked me within five minutes, um could I have a sperm sample from you? I says she said that she was a lesbian or whatever Wow! And all that. and she asked me five grand, I turned it down straight away. And then it just got me thinking then after that, you know, a few days after, I could have made a good amount of money from it. Like, and then I started looking it up, like, and it it, it goes on a lot in America. Oh, it is
0: quite lucrative. People are sperm donors in in America, and it's quite a lucrative thing. But getting back to what you're talking about, organ harvesting... That should never be legal in any civilized society whereby people are so desperate that they're selling, you know, their kidney or whatever it happens to be. That's, that'd be bizarre. Anyway, we're gone completely off the topic. Uh, so just getting back to it again. Let me just say thank you for that, Morris. Let me just go to Bernie as well. Bernie, hi, how are you?
14: I'm grand how are you today?
0: Good. Bernie, let me back to the original question, conscientious objection. Firstly, do you believe it should be allowed? Because some political parties believe it shouldn't be. Uh, And also then, should a doctor have to give aftercare if he has already conscientiously objected? Um, The
14: question is very confusing to me. Can you put it in simple layman terms?
0: (laughs) Okay, in simple layman terms. If I go to a doctor and he's a Christian or morally doesn't agree with abortion, should he be forced to perform that abortion?
1: Um, You see,
14: this is ethics, isn't it? They take the Hippocratic hope. And uh, yes, I think a doctor is quite within his rights to refuse to carry an abortion. However, the aftercare of the person, say a woman has an abortion in a clinic and she has abdominal pain maybe days later and she goes to a doctor, he is obliged to look after her uh, regardless of what she's had done. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to refuse to carry out an abortion that's quite what i feel that's quite that that's quite within his right that's what he he chooses that's his belief i don't think anyone should be forced to carry out taking a human life, which is what i would be pro life yeah and I personally feel that a doctor shouldn't be you know shouldn't be forced he can always be moved to another area if if abor- if it is in maternity or gyne, gynecology um and he doesn't agree with abortion well then he's a, he's in- he's entitled to find something else that he might be more interested in, like, you know, reproduction or whatever.
0: And do you think a doctor should be able the latest guidelines from the Medical Council are now saying that doctors, now I don't know why they put this in, whether they believe doctors were refusing to do it or not, I don't know, but the latest guidelines, ethical guidelines say that doctors must care for women for post-abortion. In other words, if they've had an abortion, obviously have a complication and they go to a doctor, that he cannot refuse to see them.
14: That, that I understand, that I agree with, because, like, we don't know, um you know, like, like we, we we treat everybody. Everybody, we don't ask any questions. However, if somebody's after, if a doctor doesn't want to carry out the abortion, that's fair enough. That's his immoral and that's, that's his ethics. That's his personal thing. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to carry out the abortion. However, if somebody comes to him after an abortion, say, with septics or a sepsis, a developing sepsis or, you know, an infection or has... Terrible mental, you know. Terrible. I'm. I'm so sorry. I ever did this or whatever for whatever reason. He is obliged to carry to look after that person. She, they're a human being in that case, regardless of what they've done. He's not there to judge.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you for that, Bernie. And, sorry, I'm running out of time here rapidly today. But I want to go to Ibrahim as well just before we finish. Ibrahim, hi. Hey, how's it going, Nile? How are you doing? Ibrahim, It's it, I suppose today the majority of people, I think, believe that a doctor should have the right to say no. There are political parties out there who believe that the doctor should have no right to make any decision whatsoever. Um, but I was actually a question I was going to ask Maliki earlier on. Should a Muslim doctor be allowed to refuse care to an alcoholic based on their beliefs? I don't think the answer would be yes. So Yeah, uh, man,
3: that's the that's <laughs> direction that basically it's going in, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah but, um, I think... Um, you know, it's, I used to think, okay, uh, the doctor's own personal ethics would matter usually. And there are plenty of options where you could go uh, other doctors to get the, abor- the abortion. Uh, so now I'm, I'm a little bit kind of like um, yes and no on that aspect. But with regards to the aftercare, without a doubt, nobody should be denied any kind of care, uh, uh, you know, post any... Uh, yeah, because I think, I think we would or, all
0: agree that's healthcare, isn't it? That's basic yeah, I mean, healthcare. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. You see, in, uh, in Islam, it, per, it permits uh, abortion um, for the first, I think it is, uh, 13 weeks, up until 13 weeks. And um, after that, it depends if, for instance, um, the child is in danger or the mother would be in danger. So there would be leniency with regards to that. And is that, um, is that in the
0: Quran or is that Sharia law?
3: Uh no it's not um it's kind of it's there's direction with regards to life in the Quran so it doesn't state specifically abortion
0: um, but 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 the bible you know, the, you so, see, but the, the the bible would say thou shalt not kill and that's of course what Christians use and they consider yeah. the unborn child you know an abortion a killing a murder um is islam yeah. not the same
3: uh yes but um it's only at a certain point where um where the um or the egg Big turn becomes life. Basically, becomes a fetus. Okay. So up until up until that time, uh, it would be okay. I mean, it's not supported. You know, I mean, uh, for instance, if uh, you know, let's say um, it was a, a uh, God forbid, a rape victim, and uh, so you know she didn't want to have the baby. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, then you know that would be fine. Uh, but on a uh, medically speaking aspect, yeah. you know, uh, the danger, uh, health to the baby, health to the mother that would allow you that more the extended time period in terms of, um, you know,
0: allowing the abortion to go through. Isn't it odd, really, when you think about it, the Quran, you know, is so old and so is the Bible, and yet you wouldn't imagine there would have been abortions around thousands of years ago. I, I didn't even think there would have been such thing as an abortion thousands of years ago, medical abortions, certainly. You wouldn't imagine yes,
3: that. Uh, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't. But then again, uh, you know, uh, up until, what is it, 60 years ago, they didn't really know exactly how the fetus developed, or the egg mm-hmm. and the sperm got together and then developed, the various stages of development. Yeah. Yet, it, it is described in specific detail in the Quran, which is almost 600 years old. So, uh, you know, the um, when you if you look at this aspect... Um, uh, it's quite bizarre, isn't the it? Quran, it shows there the were intelligent
0: happened. people around in those days, yeah.
3: Yeah, it was a, <laughs> you know for you you think intelligent people for us uh, you know it's a it's a word of God but actually can I re- make a recommendation for you Nile mm. uh, there's actually a, a British television presenter her name is Claire Forrester and uh, she discusses uh, this particular topic on abortion in Islam. she has a YouTube uh, video uh, so if you can look that up yeah sure uh, I've just uh, I've just written quite, it down there yeah yeah it's uh, it's really amazing. Um, you know, in the detail, I mean, she makes the comparison to life. She mentions how science has developed and how it is actually uh, stated uh, in extreme detail in the Quran, how the development of the egg goes uh, mm. through the body and so forth. Can, can so, I
0: ask you both before you go? Sorry, I know Bernie is still there. I think she is <laughs> anyway. Yes, I am, Yes. Yeah. Okay, can I ask you both? Because Morris brought up an interesting point there and maybe it's something that we should do as a topic. Do you think it should be legal? I'll ask Bernie first, ladies before gents. Do you think it should yeah. be legal to sell your own organs?
14: No, definitely
0: not legal. Mm, to sell a kidney, if you want to, like, or a bit of your no. liver. No, Ibrahim. Do you, I know countries? Some countries do allow it. Ibrahim, do you think it should be legal to sell organs, or, um, organ harvesting?
3: Personally, I, I wouldn't agree. But you know, uh, you know, some people are put into certain circumstances where they're forced to do extreme things like this. Um, I, I kind I think, kind you know, I would leave that up to the individual, but definitely not just for uh, basic material gain. You know, but, well, needs, well uh,
0: desperation. But in countries, you know, as well as I do, yeah. there are countries, you know, particularly around the Middle East, where people will sell their organs out of desperation and poverty. Um, I would hate to see uh, a situation in Ireland where that would be allowed because it, it, I, it, you know, it gives people an option to do it, and even the option to do it is wrong. I think.
3: Yeah, but uh, I, to okay. be honest, and I, I lived in the Middle East region. Uh, Twenty years before I came here, um, I was working uh, in Saudi Arabia and I traveled the area extensively. Um, so I really have never heard of that being done there. The mm. only place I know that it was done is in uh, Israel. Who or, actually? I, I think they do it in harvested... Asian.
0: Some of the Asian countries, you might kind of. Yeah,
3: some of the Asian countries. Yeah, yeah. but not in the Middle East. In the Middle East, it was only Israel mm. who harvested organs of uh, Palestinians.
0: What was that? What was curious. that? Uh, maybe, do you remember that urban myth? I don't know whether it was true or not about the the guy who met a girl. It could have been in an Asian country, and you know they had a kind of nice night out. But seemingly, she spiked his drink, and he woke up the next morning sitting in a bathtub full of ice, with an, a oh, note, yeah. with a note <laughs> with two tubes coming out of his back and a note saying, please don't go out of the bath because we've taken your kidneys and you'll only live for 20 minutes if you remove yourself. Call 999. (laughs) No, I don't know how true that story
3: was. (laughs) I think that happens uh, in South America. That would happen more. Uh, I've heard of a few cases in the US. I mean, in the US, you're at a stage where the country is a, a total abyss you That's know a so, basket um,
0: case yeah i know yeah
3: yeah anything anything is possible there there is no more value of life in america to be honest mm. uh, you know i i went to, i went to, i studied in the university there uh back in the time but uh you know it used to be normal and things have just gone you know way down <laughs> so um yeah it's um uh, it's uh, there's definitely some uh, cases of that, definitely, without a doubt, I'm sure that happens,
0: yeah well I, I only heard over the weekend that we've ha- we've already had one case here in Ireland of what they call organ harvesting, which is people who are being trafficked for their kidneys or whatever it is, and it, we've had one case of it, so one case is one case too many, but I would hate to see a situation where that would ever be made legal that you could sell a part of your body, any part of your body. Well, I know one part of my body that's very valuable and that won't be being sold. <laughs> listen guys, Bernie and Ibrahim, listen, thank you very much indeed and I appreciate both of you coming pleasure on the show today. Thank all. you very much indeed. Uh, it's been a pleasure and I will look up that uh, Claire Forrester that he mentioned uh, that it might be a very interesting to watch a different kind of spin on it. Uh, Barbara O'Neill says, the standard of GP care in Ireland is abysmal. Uh, I was unwell recently, and the only doctor that would deal with me was online. Absolutely disgraceful. He was talking nonsense on the phone. Maureen is correct. Maureen is correct in relation to that, and you are correct. It is abysmal. I was in a similar situation only recently um, there, and, you know, you ring a doctor, and you get a doctor on call or a doctor in line to get an appointment for a GP surgery, like, what, three weeks or something like that. You know, and I go, well, what happens if I was genuinely, well, very ill? Do I have to plan to get ill now? You bring him up bring him up today and say, listen, I'm thinking of being sick in three weeks' time. Could you make an appointment just in case? Uh, the GP services in Ireland is abysmal, and the government should be ashamed of the service that we're providing to people. We have an increased population, and we don't have an increased GP service because GPs can make more money uh, by leaving the country. Anyway, that's the problem, right, isn't it? We're not getting enough doctors. We should be encouraging more of them. Uh, Religious grounds, I don't believe in abortion, but it should only be allowed for the sake of the mother and baby with serious health conditions. Nuns kill babies in the mother and baby homes. I'm ashamed to be a Catholic. Morris says, if you don't like the doctor's morals, go to another doctor whose morals align with yours. Problem solved. Hmm. Interesting. Now, Can I say thank you to everybody who got involved in the conversation today? Thank you once again for taking us well over the time that we're meant to be on for, which is only an hour, but every day now it seems to get longer and longer and longer. And we don't mind, by the way. I'll stay here for another half an hour if you want me to. And there are many topics we do on a regular basis where we could probably do two or three hours. But here's the thing. We would love to do a lot more of this. And we would love to extend the show. And there is a way we could do that. But unfortunately, it costs money. We can't currently do it on the amount of money that we make, which is very little and just about covers the bills. So please help us. We need your help. We want you to support the show. In return, the best we can offer is that we randomly pick one person every day and we give them a mug. A smug mug. That's not quite what they look like, by the way. We're going to have to get another picture because they do have a white rim on the top. I'll show you exactly what they look like because Maureen got one for signing up there recently. And she sent in a photograph because she was delighted with her mug. See, here's Maureen holding her mug. Maureen, who was on the show earlier on. So please subscribe. It's five ninety nine a month on the website. And it helps us to provide the show for you. We might not always agree with you. You might not always agree with us. But that's what it's all about. Uncensored conversations. We don't get angry with each other. We all go away at the end of the show. And we're all still friends again. We want to hear your opinions. Great to see a lot of new callers on as well today. It's great to see loads of new listeners, by the way, over the last couple of weeks in particular. Our listenership and downloads have gone way up, way up. I was going to say we've no understanding why, but we do have an understanding why, because we're providing something that nobody else is providing. It's Ireland's only fully interactive live podcast. We provide Zoom, WhatsApp, um, phone calls, we have a full phone system, the same as any radio station. So we're doing it, but we're doing it on a budget because we have to. But where else would you see it? Look at all this. Studio lights. I wish I had another camera plugged in. Can I do that? Can I plug this in? If I plug this in, let me just see. Oh, no, that won't plug into there. Oh, yeah, I could do it with this one. Watch this. I'll give you a little bit of a bird's eye view that nobody normally gets to see, right? Of the studio. Yeah. if I switch that over. There you go. So there's what I can see. And as you can see, we've got studio lights, soundproofing. There's the screens all in front of me. Look at that. There you go. Look. So that's what I get to see. And then we got a production area downstairs. It's all very cozy, isn't it? How do I get it back Okay, Oh, there we go. Did you, did you see all that? You did? Okay. So, that's what we get to see. And that's what we have to pay for on a regular basis. So, we would ask you to support us and help us. And to do that, all you got to do is go to the website, nileboyden.com $5.99 a month. And for that, by the way, you can watch all the previous videos, including interviews that we've never... We don't run live. We don't stream everything. So, there are interviews there that you may not have seen. And all of the shows over the last four months, are all there, all the videos. You don't forget, you can listen to the audio, free of charge, by the way, on the website as well, nileboyland.com, but to see the videos, you have to subscribe. Don't forget, we'll never charge you for watching the show every single day. You can watch it, or you can listen to it every single day. We'll never charge you for that. Although, you could send me a can of Red Bull every now and again, if you want to. Thank you very much indeed, for everybody who supports us. You can't afford to support us, and you can't afford to pay the money, and I understand that, because there's a crisis, isn't there Cost of living crisis. All we ask you to do is share it with a friend. Tell a friend about the show. Go to the website. Go to one of the shows that you really like and click the share button beside it and share it with a friend by WhatsApp or by Facebook or by Twitter or whatever way you want. Go to our Twitter account every day. You'll see the show. Just share it with a friend. That's all we ask you to do. Tell a friend about the show and how good it is. So until then, have a great day. Have a wonderful Tuesday. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday. Thank you very much indeed.
6: The multi-award winning Nile Boylan podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Nile Boylan podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.